I believe, though, in addition to that, that person has to make corrective steps. It's not just, oh, I made a mistake. Give me a second chance. I believe, you know, you, 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 you made a mistake. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Everybody's mistake. Everybody makes mistakes. We're all human. Yeah. But are you doing the work to correct your mistake? Are you doing your work to make sure that you don't make the same mistake? Mm. Are you doing, you know, the work to to find out even why you made that mistake? Right. Because that's all that's all relative into right. if you're gonna make the same mistake again, screw up your second chance, right? Like mm. nobody wants to screw up your you shouldn't want to screw up your second chance. Yeah. So if you're if you're lucky enough and great and, and uh blessed enough to even get a second chance, then yeah, you should definitely take the necessary steps to make sure that it never happens again. You are listening to the Derek Asante Podcast, the show that brings you insightful conversations about everyday topics. We just aim to keep the discussion above the average. Our guests are the ones bringing the social proof to the conversation. Let's get into it. I'm your host, Derek Asante, and today I'm speaking with a brother from pretty much, I guess you can call it the sandbox. He's an entrepreneur. I'm not going to say much because the conversation is going to actually allow you to kind of dive in and grab a lot of the nuggets and the gems that he's going to share with us throughout this conversation. He's an entrepreneur with an incredible journey of triumph and breakthrough. Please, without further ado, help me welcome my brother, Jason Edwards. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Sante. I appreciate it. Man, I didn't didn't want to get too deep on the intro because... It's it's actually a lot, you know what I mean? Like I, I think about it, and I'm thinking, like we have quite a history, like going way back, and way think, back. <laughs> you know, I think that's that's what makes it special. And um, I didn't want to spend too much time on just the intro, talking about that, because I think the conversation is going to allow us to be able to share some of those moments and some of that history with the with the listeners. Definitely. First of all, thank you for even saying yes that you you know making the time for making this conversation even possible. So I appreciate you for that. Thank you. I appreciate you as well. Every episode I open with a quote. So I'm gonna share the quote that I have for you today, and I want you to share with me what comes to mind when you hear it. Mm. All right. Okay. <clears throat> so this one is by George Eliot. It reads, It is never too late. To be who you might have been. Mm. Is that the full quote? Yeah, it's a short one. But what comes to mind short when you hear one, that? Okay. Yeah. Um, that that that's that's so powerful. It's it's powerful. It's short, but it's powerful. Um, and I fully agree. It, it's never too late to um pursue your goal, pursue a dream. Um, I don't want to get too philosophical or deep, but. I believe strongly in, in manifestation and spirituality, and I believe in um, looking inside yourself for certain answers that you know you may not find on the outside of the outside in the outside world or outside of yourself. I believe you know in, in retro in introspection. Sorry, yeah, and um, I think that quote leans a lot towards that in, introspection. Just yeah, looking inside yourself for for an answer. I think I think what you just said is powerful because it's true. Like oftentimes we look to the external for answers, 
right? Mm-hmm. You know, outside of ourselves because we feel like, okay, I'm looking at this person and they seem to have it together or they seem to be doing what I think is what I'm supposed to be doing. And so I compare or I measure and I say, well, that's success or that's what I'm supposed to be doing. That's what it's supposed exactly. to look like, right? And yeah. not, not understanding exactly. that, you know, to your point, spirituality, that everybody has a different um, storyline. Every Everybody has a different timeline and, and what they're supposed to be doing and purpose. And so to, exactly. f- to find it, you got to look inside. Oftentimes the answer, like you said, is actually sitting with you. But if you don't trust yourself enough, you know, to, to believe in the answer that you find or discover, then you're always going to look outside for it. So I think I agree with you on that. Like you have to look yeah. inside. Definitely. Definitely. You know, um, thank you for that. Now let's start from the beginning. So I want to kind of give the listeners an opportunity to understand who Jason is and where you're coming from and so forth. So if you don't mind, just, you know, entertain us. I mean, I know it, but I want the listeners to kind of get a, a better sense of who you are. So what's your background and what are you most proud of when you think about your culture? Great question. Um, Jason O'Brien Edwards is my full name. Grew up in Lawrence Heights community, as you know, you know, like you said, sandbox. You know, another another expression I like is way back like car seat. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, you know, uh, went to school in the area of Flemington. I went to pretty much all all the schools in the area. Uh, Flemington, Flemington Public School, Lawrence Heights Middle School, Bathurst Heights Secondary School, as well as Sir Stanford Fleming Academy. Um, so I've been educated by the local, not local teachers, but in the, the community right. uh, from the schooling. Uh, single parent household, just my mom, Shirley, Shirley Diana Edwards, may her soul rest in peace. Rest um, in peace. Single, no brothers and sisters, only child. Um, you know, navigating in that space as an only child was, was, was challenging, not, not to say the least, it was very challenging challenging times, very fun times, but challenging as well. Um, uh, what made it special? Just, I believe the era that we grew up in, mm-hmm. um, you know, they call it in the hip hop world, the golden era. Yes. And I believe it's the golden era for many more reasons other than, other than hip hop, but community, a strong sense of community, even though you know, we had we had some negativity, we had some some losses, some some sad times. Mm-hmm. But I, I do remember a lot of community. I do remember, you know, the center, yeah. learning to play basketball, learning to play different sports, um, playing outside. Yeah. Just simply, you know, playing outside with friends, meeting you and your brother, your family. Just I, I feel and I don't want to go off on a tangent because mm-hmm. my mind does that sometimes, but mm-hmm. as far as you know, growing up in that neighborhood, and and it was a tight, close neighborhood, mm-hmm. and um, I met a lot of friends, a lot of friends, still to this day. Yeah. yeah. Now, you 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 said something that kind of made me wonder or think about it. You mentioned that there were some challenges being the only child, and obviously there are some great moments as well. What were some of those challenges that you can recall? Um. Well. As a single mother, you know, my mom worked a lot. She worked, she went to school. Um, so that kind of left me 
you know, it left me in, in, in a spot where I'd either be babysitted, left with a babysitter, or as I got older, you know, 13, 14, I would be left alone. So the challenges, the challenges were, you know, when you come home straight for school, you know, if you have a parent home, they're going to say, you know what, do your homework before you go outside and play. Right. When your mom's at work at that time or she's at school herself, mm. there's no one to really tell you anything. So right. you go home, you drop your bags, and then, you, you know, you call your friends. What are you guys doing? Right. And then, you know, there's, there's some good good friends and then there's some there's some bad friends. So depending on what side of the fence you are, just depending on who you gravitate to most is who your next call is going to be. So if you, you know, you're linking up with some guys after school that are into some negative things, you might get caught up. Right. Right. So, Man, I, I definitely agree with that. Like there's a lot of that happening where, where as kids, you're kind of raising yourself. Right. And, yeah. and, and you're trying to make the best decisions that you can possibly make. And sometimes you fall short, but you do what exactly. you can because she's trying to do what she's doing the idea behind it was to better the situation in the household. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And you know, yeah, exactly. There's always some, some areas that we can't cover as parents and whatnot. I think you're probably obviously experiencing that as a parent, right? Like some things you can do really well. And then some things you feel like, well, I don't have the capacity or just the time or, you know, the resources may not be available to me at the time to help out. So definitely, definitely I can see the challenges there. Now, Definitely. so how do you, how would you describe the time when she was home and you were home? Did you, did you still have a connection to say, you know what, let's talk about some things or right, at this point, are you more reliant on friends and you're making your own decisions? You're forced to grow up faster than you would have liked. Great point. Great point. Um, I, I more lean to the latter, mm-hmm. what you said. Um, me and my mother, uh, you know, we didn't have the greatest relationship, mm-hmm. but when she was home, um, and let me just go back to her childhood a little bit. Like she was raised in Barbados. It was under strict conditions. Um, very modest, very modest, um, beginnings, modest, humble beginnings. And a really quick story I, I found out after my mom, my mother's passing was um, there was a family of eight. And when my mom was about, I would say, 11 or 12, there was a huge fire in my mom, my mom, my mom's and her brother's and sister's household. And after that fire, it took them from, let's say, they started at middle class or they were middle class. Mm-hmm. And after that fire, they left. There was no home insurance or nothing like that at that time. Mm-hmm. So after that fire, it destroyed the home. And um, it left my mom and her, her sibling with just the clothes on their back. So wow. it took them from middle class straight to just poor. Wow. So I say all that, say, you know, you know, fast forward years, she had me. And her mindset was, I'm not going back to destitute or I'm not going back to mm. poor. I'm going to work three, four jobs to make sure I provide for me and my son. And um, I have the most utmost respect for my mom, even though, you know, like I said, our relationship wasn't the best. Right. But I have the utmost respect. And 
her work ethic, I believe, is what is instilled in me. You know, one of the things that she said is, you know, as black people, we got to work twice as hard. Wow. So I'm not even sure if I answered your question. Like I said, I just said. <laughs> no, no, no. That was, that was beautiful, man. That was perfect because okay. I didn't I didn't know that. Right. So to yeah. me, that was some great insight because I, I it kind of makes sense to me now. Yeah. Right. Because I I even remember days where we're at your place, you know, playing video games and she wasn't home. And, you know, then she would come home a bit later after obviously school hours and whatnot. And I I, I wondered why. But that makes sense because now I can see why she works so hard. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Right. And it's interesting, though, what trauma can do to us. Right. We don't we don't really know it as kids. And we're watching our parents go through this world and navigating it. And we're thinking, okay, this is how it's supposed to be. Until you go to maybe a friend's house and you see something slightly different than your situation. So you kind of question. And again, at that point, you know, we're impressionable. So we, we look at the external again and say, hey, that's how it's supposed to look. And now I resent my parents because it's not looking like that in my house. Exactly. Exactly. So true. Very true. So true. You know, but now that you, you're much older, she's not here, but now you hear the story as to why. And now you have some sort of, you know, a piece of the puzzle that was missing. Exactly. Now you have a bit of closure. It's unfortunate that it's too late, but you still got closure to understand why she was the way she was. Exactly. Exactly. And that's exactly why I brought it up, because I wanted to put some context yes. into, into it and not just think, oh, yeah, you know, my mom left this. This yes. child by herself, yes. and like that. No, there was a there was a reason behind it. Yes, that's that's that's, and, and that's the thing. Like, it wasn't until I was much older, even maybe as early as when I became a parent, is when I was able to have those conversations with my mom to say, "Hey, why did you choose this and that when you were, you know, when we were raising us, and why mm-hmm. were you making some of these choices?" And that, that took me a while to be able to bring those up because it's your mom, right? You never want to question why they made certain decisions. Of but course. I feel like if I didn't, I wouldn't know anything about my mom, just the surface stuff that she showed. Yeah, yeah. You know? Very so true. It, it was interesting because I didn't know that um, she was fighting for, you know, my brother and I had to come to Canada when we were younger. But every time she made the attempt, it was our dad who blocked the process. Wow. And that was interesting to find out as, you know, a much older individual. And I was just like, but why? And the reason behind it was literally because he looked at his friends and when they brought their kids to the country, the activities that they got into, especially the boys, they got involved in, you know, the streets and and gangs and violence and whatnot. And they were getting arrested and criminal records and all that. So he's like, I'm not bringing them because they're going to fall. They're going to fall into the same thing. Gotcha. So it's not, it wasn't even out of malice. It was right. out of care. Right. It was out of care for you guys and your safety and your, your well being. Right. It, yeah. And yeah, so it, 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 yeah, go it, ahead. it's crazy though, because that's what, what that was one of the main reasons that led to their split because they separated because of that fight. A mom is wow. always going to be a mom, right? A mom only wants yeah. their kids there regardless, you know, but dad is kind of trying to think about what could come. Yeah, exactly. You wow. Know? So it's it's just interesting because as a kid, you, you don't know. Because I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, well, this guy's a piece of crap because he didn't want me here and and whatnot, right? So you kind of formulate yeah. your own understanding of the situation. 
and and wonder why he's not around or not calling and this and that and not realizing their split wasn't all about you that they have their own lives you know and they so, have their own life yeah, exactly so it's interesting that, that we think we know our parents but we really don't until we take the really opportunity don't. yeah <laughs> yeah it's true no it's true it's true they had a life day before they made us right they had, you know challenges and, and tribulations that they had to get over and yeah you know man you know just to touch on you know one thing with my mom too like the culture you know um it's funny because I, we, me and my cousin had this conversation and one, uh, one thing that wasn't prevalent in, in the household was open love. Yes. Like, my mom never hugged and kissed me and said, I love you. Mm-hmm. Her love was more um, providing and making sure that, you know, if I had a basketball game, you know, I got what I needed or if I, had a, uh, I needed uh, items to go on a school trip. Like right. I went on every school trip. Right. So, you know, I owe that to my mom. Yeah. But as far as the affection and I love you and this, that, that never was there. But right. again, a cultural thing, things that she went through in Barbados as a youngster, mm. you know, led yeah. to all of that. So. Yeah. And, and they can only give you what they know. Right. Exactly. If she wasn't exposed to that, like same thing. Like my mom never said that. I literally, I'm the first person in our family to use those words. Mm, and that was after wow. a huge debate. I think I remember that day because I was uh, 16, 17. And I said that to her, like, you know, my mom sews and she was in the basement at the time. So I approached her and I said, you, I don't think you love me. Mm, wow. And, you know, she broke down. And at that point, I kind of had enough. I hit the wall of, you know what, I'm going to say what I think I should say and what I feel because I'm tired of holding it. and so. I said that to her. And then I also said, I think you love my sister and my brother more than you do me. And that mm. broke her heart. She's like, why would you say that? And I said, well, let me explain. Cause she starts to cry. And I told her, don't make it about you. It's mm. about me right now. Gotcha. Wow. Powerful. Right. It was hard, but I needed to do it because it was more about me. And I said to her, it's because there's so many scenarios where I have to wait. Cause you tell me to wait. And when it comes to them, you go out of your way to provide. Mm. And, and the, what she says to me is, I ask you to wait because I know you're the patient one and you're the one that understands when I say wait. Wow, look at that. Right? At and that. so then I was like, yeah. holy shit, I'm going to ask because I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Right? But wow. again, if I didn't push it, I would never know that. You would never know. You would never know. And, then that, and that's, that's such a breakthrough. That's right. such a breakthrough. Right. And so, and that's, that's, and that conversation is where she told me that she loved me. That was the mm. most uncomfortable thing for her to say at the time. Because again, like you said, it's not a cultural thing. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know those words. That's like a Western thing. Like we came here and then I discovered that from watching shows or, you know, the cartoons and whatever you're watching, they use it yeah. so frequently, Cosby show, whatever show you're watching. Yeah. But we didn't practice that, you know, and then obviously 18, Joe's going away for school or whatever. That's when I tell him that. Mm. That's the first time him and I actually embraced and hugged and, you know, shed some tears. I'm like, I'm not going to see him for a while. Yeah. I'm fighting him every day though, right? Like I'm fighting him every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, real talk. I remember that, that, that those years too, when Joe went away, like, you know, I never even thought how you felt. 
and it, it's just interesting. Like that's, it, that's, yeah. yeah, man. We don't. Wow. We don't. Our culture is so, um, you know, fragmented because we don't know how to commute, communicate, and and our communication skills are so limited. But yeah. then, and the only way we express love is by, you know, shelter, um, providing, and things like that. And we call that love. But there's nothing wrong with that. It's just what we yeah. know. But then yeah. the challenge yeah. becomes, or how do we get out of our comfort zone? Because that's where the growth is, right? So exactly. what are we willing to do? And that's that's where you and I come in. We're trying something different than our parents did and and trying exactly. to, you know, break the chains that, that were before. So exactly. wow. Now, I want to switch gears a bit and, and I'm going to throw this one out there because I think it was a special individual in, in all of our lives. But reflect on Nikki Bishop, right? Um, how would you describe your relationship before you know he transitioned, and what what did he mean to you? Mm. You know, when you one of these the, this question is the one that almost brought a tear to my eye. You yeah. know, and it's it's honestly, you know, it's twenty one years later. Yeah, um, to be exact, April third. 2001 is his day, his yeah. uh, departure, transition day. Yeah. Um, this one, this one was hard because I think about him all the time, mm-hmm. and um, to yeah. be to be completely honest and frank, you know, Nikki Nikki Bishop was he was my road dog, yeah. my friend, my confidant, my peer, my brother, um, my mentor. Yeah. Even at that young age, you know, I learned so much from him. You know, um, we worked many jobs together. We um, partied together. We even had, you know, the same type of girl. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, a ball player. He had a ball player girlfriend. I had a ball player girlfriend. And Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes we, you know, had bets on who can beat one, beat each other, beat them on -on one-on-one or we do two-on-two and, you know, just fun times, you know. Um, His confidence, his confidence and his ambition is things that I've learned from him. And uh, just a a funny side, light side. I mean, he, he... I believed that he believed he could do anything he wanted. Yeah. But his confidence really showed when he's interacting with women. Mm. And um it didn't it didn't matter to him how he looked, whether it was hair was braided, whether it was in an afro, whether it was half braided and half fro, mm-hmm. what kind of clothes he had on, joggers, uh jeans, shorts, it didn't matter. Yeah. He approached who he thought was beautiful and regardless of if he was successful in getting her number or not, he la- he left the last. Oh, sorry. Nice. Um. So yeah, that was one of the things I learned from him deeply is the confidence, the confidence and the belief yeah. in yourself. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, I was working. Me and Leonard were doing a job. Leonard, another one of our friends from a long time, mm. um, and he said, and it's just coincident, like how this came about. We were just talking, and, and Nikki actually came up. And he said, you know what? A few years ago, I actually told his mom um, that if Nikki was alive today, he would be further ahead in life. And I, I 100% agree. If Nikki Bishop was alive today, I definitely would be further along in life. And he would be involved in my business in some capacity, and, if not our business. So, so 
I want you to elaborate a little bit on that. Why do you think that is? Because I think that's more a, testing, a testament to his character, right? Like, what kind of influence would he have that you and Leonard are both so confident that you guys would be in a totally different position? Because he would be... I, I just... I, I just... His confidence. I, I mean, he was... He was 19. Yeah. 19. And um, he motivated. I don't know if he tried to motivate. That was his, his intention. But just the way he was, you know, like I believe he got his license first and I got my license. He got a car, then I got a car. Yeah. Um yeah. just and you know, those are simple those are simple feats or victories or wins. But when you're, you know, sixteen, seventeen and you're living in this area and you get your first car, you're able to travel throughout the city. Your world opens up. Yeah. You know, and yeah, just as we, we navigated through life, I, I fully believe that that ambition, you know, with health and, and, and God's grace, that ambition would have carried over and we would have fed off of each other. Yeah. You know, that, that old thing, uh, steel sharpened steel. Yeah. He was definitely a sword and he was a sword that would have kept us all sharp, yeah. in my opinion, you know? I think that's... That's what I remember most about him was that he had this act, a natural act of bringing people along. Mm. Like, yeah, like it was something about him that you wanted to be around him. Yeah. Right. You didn't know what it was, but you knew when you were around him, things were happening and things that were different. Right. So like you said, the car, I would never have been in a car that early if it wasn't for his car. Mm hmm. You know, and then you got a car. And I remember there was a point where I think there were like three people had cars and uh, Switch had a car. So literally just up and let's drive. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so like, you're (laughs) right. Like we would never see some of these spaces if it wasn't for you guys having those cars. But yeah, he was the the leader in in those things and doing things differently. Uh, I think what I admired most was, it's funny when you say his age I got a little bit of a chill because I didn't realize how young he was, yeah. but how f- so far ahead he was. You know what he reminds me of, to be honest? was He reminds me of um, Puffy. Of Puffy? Yeah, Puffy, because he's innov- yeah. innovative. He took risks yeah. that no yeah. one else would take. Yeah. yeah. But he was confident in taking the risk that he's never done it before, but he's going to do it. Yeah. You know, and it was, it was just that energy about him. So whenever I think about him, I'm like, that's, he reminds me of Puffy because he takes chances. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, and it's so funny. I don't know. Sorry to cut you off there. Oh, I don't know it. if you even knew. I don't even know if you knew, but that was one of his nicknames. Yeah. When him and uh, Sean were, were, were tight. Yeah. He was Puffy and Sean was me. You know, so that's crazy. That it's funny that you, you made that observation because <laughs> yeah, that's that's his energy. Like his energy was of that of risk taking and um and that's what I mean, you know, like I believe that those that were close to him yeah. would have taken more risk, whether it would have been with him or whether it or whether it would have been you just look inside yourself and you see him doing something. You say, well, okay, he's doing that. I'm mm-hmm. going to take my own risk. It's something that I want to do. Right. And and you know what I mean? Like, so, right. yeah, no, definitely. Definitely his, his ambition, his uh, confidence is something that always just lives with me. Man, thank you for that. Like, that was just somebody that I want to re- reflect on because he's such a significant individual and, you know, only s- 
certain people keep his memory and his legacy alive, but I think it's important to recognize that he was a pillar in the community at such a young age because yeah. of the things that he was able to introduce all of us to, you know? Yes, yes, um, 100%. Because I didn't know, to be honest with you, I didn't even know Pickering existed. <laughs> like, <laughs> like <laughs> right? Scarborough Town, I didn't know existed. Um, I didn't know Mr. Saga existed, and 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 that's because of him. <laughs> that's true, man. It's like I said, just getting those cars young age, and you're just like, oh, let's go here, let's go here, or you know, like it's it, it's amazing. Just op- opens up your world, you know? yeah. And I always wondered, like, why he felt it's okay or safe to just go out into a neighborhood or, you know, a city that you've never been before. Yeah. But he didn't yeah. question that. It's almost like even before the cars, like, he would go to these places and find his way back. And meanwhile, yeah. most of us would be like, how are we going to get back? He didn't care about that. He just he just went. <laughs> no, it's so true. It's so true, man. Like, it's so true. It's just- let's just go like you know, yeah. let's just go <laughs> right and and that's what oh, stayed with me for the longest because i always remember those moments because i say to myself if i don't take the step i would never know then i have to question what would have uh, been or could have been yeah. you know yeah. and and he's an yeah. image that i have in the back of my mind that anytime i have to decide on something i say well really and truly what would he do like I'm 42, you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I, I still go back to those days and say, what would he do? Because he's somebody wow. that I remember taking those leaps without hesitation. Wow. Powerful, right? man. That's powerful. That's you true. know, so, and, and it's crazy to me because often people look outside to the TV and they look at this and they look for this to tell them what they should do or what risks they should take. But the people standing next to you sometimes are the ones you can look to you know, exactly. to see what they're doing, how they're doing it, and exactly. why why they feel comfortable just taking those risks. Exactly. You know, exactly. so he was just somebody that I always reflect back on. And now my only regret, which I it's not even a real regret for me, was we had a falling out just before his passing, but I had an opportunity to at least visit him in a hospital and things like that. So I was able to get my closure. Um, but mm. I remember we weren't on the best of terms and and we were you know at odds with each other and and it was over petty stuff right disagreements and whatnot but that's what friends of are supposed course. to do always of course it's always over stuff right you know so so i was glad that i had the opportunity um when we had a celebration at the community center that i was able to say something you know to kind of send them off and whatnot but yeah it, it was just one of those individuals that you can't forget you just can't yeah. forget you know it's so true and thank you for sharing a little bit of that uh, history there. I appreciate that. Yeah, no worries. Um, so you mentioned earlier the neighborhood, yeah. right? What are some things that you think would have been beneficial for us to know growing up as teens? Just, just about life in general. What, what are some things that you now know as an adult that you wish you had known a little bit earlier? Our neighborhood, our neighborhood is so, so distinct and so diverse and so, there's so much, there's so much going on in that neighborhood, mm-hmm. you know. And we had some good mentors, you know, John Smith, the name, the name one. Like I, I actually had a conversation with him last year, and I, I told him I appreciated appreciated him mm-hmm. for putting time into us. Yeah. One thing, one thing I would say is I 
and more John Smiths. Yeah. So does more more mentors. Yeah. Um, they did an awesome job. I think, as strange as this may sound, those individuals became my father. They were like a father figure to me because I never had a father. Yeah. So yeah. my father figures were all of those men at the center. Mm. Good, bad, and indifferent. They yeah. were all. I took a piece from all of them. Yeah. Um. Just you know, like even even the neighborhood guy Funk that would come in. Nobody knew, knew what Funk did really. We knew he was a student at York University, yep. but he shared a lot of his life experiences with us. Yeah. And you know, he shared a lot of the ups and the downs. Yeah. And those 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 experiences helped us avoid the pitfalls. Yeah. Um. So one thing I would say is, you know, just more mentors. I wish we had more mentors. I wish. I wish there was more after, you know, their senior year at high school. And yeah, you're, 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 everybody says, oh, college or university is your next step, which is true. It's good. But I wish there was an interim, maybe a year mm-hmm. where, you know, there was a program that we could have went to yeah. just to navigate entrepreneur, entrepreneurship. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm a, I'm a full believer in, in ownership. Um, Having having a, a job nine to five is great. It's great for stability. It's great for security. But I, I fully believe that, and this is just my opinion and my belief that every black family should at least know how to start a business. Yeah. Every black family should at least try to to have a business. Yeah. So you know, along with those mentors, John Smith, Yoda, many I can't recall right now. Mm-hmm. I had more teachings. Yeah. On on work work life balance, on how to uh you know? Yeah. Teen pregnancy was was, was a huge thing back then. Yes. I mean I, I'm I'm a product, not product, but I've you know, I've had a child young. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if I had a father in my life, if I had a father figure, a more of a father figure, maybe that wouldn't happen. My children are all blessings to me. Mm-hmm. But like I said, you know, there's certain things that could have been put on hold until right. I got myself corrected right. or got myself on the right path. Right. Right. I, I, I appreciate you sharing that because I think one thing that we overlook are, are the vulnerability in our mentors, right? Like those men didn't have to share what they shared with us. Mm, very true. They owed us nothing. Very true. Right. And they, you know, you know, it's crazy. They spent hours of their days mm. with us. Yeah. Just yeah. sitting and, and, you know, get dropping game and, and whatever we can soak up. They spent hours and they worked. Yeah. They go they to work, work, they come to the center and that's where they ended their day for yeah. Yeah. four hours with us. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. It's so true, man. Like they spent time with us. They didn't have to. Gosh. Man. They didn't have to at all, man. And you're right. They didn't owe us nothing. They didn't owe us none of them. They could have went went to work, got their check and left. That's it. And then there was ones that didn't even work there. That's what I'm saying. Just... They came in to sit with us <laughs> yeah. and they didn't work there. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, wow. Wow. Man. Yeah, that's the, those are the memories. And I, I agree with you on entrepreneurship because although the, the traditional or the prescribed, 
right? Um, next step, yeah. as you said, is college and, and university. That's yeah. that prescription is not for everybody. It's Very not. True. It's not like yeah. like I, I think about even my situation. Yes, I went to college, but I went because. I followed a passion of mine. I went to study animation, right? But mm. if I had done what my mom would have wanted, I would have been a nurse. Mm. Would I have yep. been happy? No. Would yep. I have gotten a check? Exactly. Sure. But then whose life am I living? Exactly. Right? Because exactly. then basically what happens is a lot of the time kids go to college and university because their parents are living vicariously through them. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Right. Yep. And, and it's, go, okay. go for it. Go for it. Um, it's funny that you say that because my mom had a dream of me. Um, or let me just reverse. When I was younger, people always say, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I mm-hmm. say mechanical engineer. And mind you, I didn't know what a mechanical engineer was exactly. Yeah. I just, it sounded cool. Mm-hmm. And if my mom, you know, if my mom, I went to college as well. But my mom wanted me to go to Ryerson and she wanted me to take, I forgot what she wanted me to take, but something that I wasn't interested in. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's funny that you bring that up. Like if you do something that your heart's not in it, you're living vicariously through your parents or your parents are living vicariously through you and you're not happy. Yep. You're just not happy. Yep. And when I was in college, I wasn't happy. Yep. I was taking, um, I took business administration and I took leisure leisure and uh, recreation mm-hmm. and I wasn't happy yeah. you know I, I didn't last I lasted like a year and what I found college was expensive I didn't get I didn't get OSAP to go to college right. I was working at Baltimore Community Center mm-hmm. I used my wages to pay for college and then I ran out of money and a gentleman one of my my peers student mm-hmm. helped me uh, borrow some books for the li- from the library yeah. so I can study you know what I mean? Like, I realized that students, that's why they give you, ah, post that. Yeah. Because, you know what I mean? Like, it's expensive and you're not technically supposed to be working if you have a full-time student. Right. It's, it's difficult, right? Yeah. So, yeah. No, I'm glad you brought that up. It's true. Yeah, no, it's the sacrifices we make. Like, I've seen so many people go through different degrees and, and whatnot, and they keep jumping from one degree to the next. Right. Exactly. And then yeah. before you know it, that person becomes a professional student because they're afraid of the real world. Ah, yeah. And this exactly. is and this is what school and institutions do to you, right? That's why it's called institutions. They condition you mm. to think one way. Mm. And so to wow. your point about, you know, the black community and the families not having entrepreneurship because they've been conditioned to send your kid to the institution. Mm-hmm. That's yep. where that's where the opportunities lie, is what they told us, right? Yeah. But that was yeah. the industrial era. Like that's changed. You, you can't turn around and tell a kid in the 21st century to say, hey, go to school and you'll become this and that because those jobs don't even exist anymore. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and you know what? It's funny you say that because I'm going to give you one little side note. I went to Denny's with my children last week mm-hmm. and I seen something I've never seen. I only seen it in movies and it's just a testament to what you just said. The, there was a robot. There was a little... Serving. Robot serving our food. Yeah, serving our food. <laughs> and I said, I, I, Derek, I, I, I said, oh my God. <laughs> Are we here? Like, yep. The Jetson era? Like, it felt like the Jetson right? era. Like, yep. <laughs> I like, the little robot was serving our food. Yep. Uh, the waitress was there, but 
I mean, she just took the plates from the ro- robot and That's put it, it on her thing. There was just one waitress. And it's just it. like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And you, those jobs are not going to be there nope. in the next 10 years. Right. Most of them are gone now. Right. So, wow. and, you, and you think about it, those positions that we were, you know, striving for, you had yeah. an older lady that was running and she'd been doing it for 30 years. Where do you think she's going? She's not leaving. Yeah. Yeah. So me being 21 or 22 coming out of college or university, I can't get that job. No, not at all. Right? Or if you don't have no experience. Ah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Let me go get a it's second a degree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's such a trap. Like, you, you go to school for a certain amount of years and then they tell you, you need you know, five years to get this job. And right. it's like, how am I supposed to get five years experience when I've been in school for three years? That's you it. Know, like, that's it. What are you guys doing to me? Yeah, crazy. And, and so you go in with no money, you borrow the money, and you keep borrowing the money, and you come out, you can't get the job you want. Now you have a whole bunch of money that you owe. <laughs> <laughs> the man says, "Yeah, hey, oh, listen, you got to pay me back the money I've been giving you for the last eight years." Yeah. <laughs> right. But I have no job. Well, I'm going to go back to school because I don't want to pay him yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a vicious Crazy, cycle. Man. Vicious cycle, bro. Vicious, you know? vicious cycle, man. So I'm I'm in this space now. I tell parents who are like diehard on the, the school system. I tell them, I said, listen, do some research on your own. That's the other thing that we lack in our community um, is that parents don't take the next step to actually look into these industries mm. that you're pushing your kids in. Forget every industry, just the ones that you're at least pushing your kids to go into. Look into yeah. them. Yeah. So you can understand their frustration as to why they're not interested or they're not passionate about it. Sometimes they know more than you think they know. It's very true. It's just, that, that, that statement is very true. You know, so, so true. listen to the kids, man. You, you can learn a lot from them. And so I'm in this space where I'm like, if my kids get to the point where after, after high school, they decide, you know what, uh, college is not for me. I'm going to say, great. What do you want to do? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Let's 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 hone in on what you want to do and let's nurture those skills and, that's and, it. and let's get you on that path. I, I completely agree with that parenting. That's it. Because right now, any job you want, you have to create it. It doesn't exactly. exist until you create it. Exactly. And yeah. that's that's where entrepreneurship comes in, right? Because yeah. And and, and the, the crazy part that we often overlook is everyone that's successful that we aspire to achieve some of those goals from they didn't finish college or university. I know. I know. They ran from the institution. (laughs) You're right. I know. You're you're absolutely right. I've I've done a lot of research on, you know, successful people. And, you know, one thing I've heard, you know, millionaires, they say, you know, try to have, you know, five, seven streams of income. Yep. And that's never been taught to us in school. Never. And you're thinking to yourself, okay, so I go to, I I graduate, I go to school, go to post-secondary. You know, I get this, get a job in my field. How can I have five to seven streams of income when I'm working nine to five? I might have a child, I come right. home, I'm tired. Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's no, there's, there's just no, how, how do I do this? Right. Other than just work, you know? Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> that's it. It's crazy. It's crazy. The, the, the conditioning crazy. is, is you know, it, it's ridiculous. It's, it's really ridiculous. Yeah. Um. Did you did you ever experience peer pressure and what was that like? Um yeah, yes, definitely peer pressure, definitely uh <laughs> a thing where we're coming from. And one thing I wanted to like a sidebar I wrote for myself, I always wanted to commend you and your brother 
um, and your sister, as a matter of fact, for just you know staying out of out of trouble that that lurks in in um in our, in our area, you know. And yeah, yeah. For myself, unfortunately, I got caught up younger mm. when I was younger. Uh, made some bad decisions. Um, it was it was a mixture of both peer pressure and again looking into myself. I was working at the time. I got into my first situation. Mm-hmm. And it was a it was a lot of frustration that was going on built up inside me. Right. As far as you know, this special situation where I was working at the airport, unionized company, mm-hmm. and um, for about four four weeks we didn't get a paycheck. Oh wow! And yeah, you know, and this is a, co- a unionized company, wow. and our union steward was like, "Well, you can either go on strike, you won't get paid, or you can just try to keep working, and you know, hope for the best." That was the the shop steward's advice, and we're like, wow. oh, "Okay, whatever." So, <laughs> shout out to the unions. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, union. Thanks for you know. Right. It would be great advice. You know? <laughs> so that you know that kind of led me to getting into some trouble when I was younger, you know, and um, it's a stain that that you know it still follows me today. To mm. You know, a criminal record is something that is very hard to shake. I have no regrets though, because it's it, it forced me to uh, make this entrepreneurial decision and this journey. Yes. And it's like that, that thing in that book, um, 48 Laws of Power, where they say, you know, burn, burn the, like the, the general burns his bridge so that the soldiers don't have a way back. Mm. It's just like, it's this or else. That's it. And that's, that's the space that I feel. It's yeah. what I'm doing now or else. And there's just no or else. It's right. just, I have to do this. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, peer pressure definitely got us some trouble when I was younger, tried to navigate around it. And, you know, I, I went through what I had to go through and um, came up making better decisions. Yeah. Was there was there one particular incident um, in your early 20s that forced you to become more mature? Like, yes, definitely. Uh, childhood childhood, having a child early in life, mm. um, having a child early in life, yeah. it could, it, it, it could make you and it could definitely break you if you don't have the right mindset, Right. but it's supposed to make you. Yeah. If you, you know, lay down and you decide to procreate with, with an, a woman, um, it should make you, it should make you a better person. It yeah. should make you realize that, um, you're you're just not responsible for yourself anymore. That's right. Um, you know, you have you have little people to answer to. And uh one example I have, you know, just driving around with no no license. Mm. You know, when we were younger with no kids. Yeah. You know, you you're willing to take that chance yeah. for whatever reason, whether it's lack of money, whether it's you know what, if they stop me, they'll give you a ticket, I'll pay the ticket, whatever your reason is. But when right. you have a child younger and you're riding with your child, that that thought goes right out the, the window. Yeah. yeah. You know? But I have so, to, I have to give credit to the parents out there that have that foresight that you just mentioned, because mm-hmm. we do have parents who don't put their kids first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and still live for just themselves and don't make, yeah. aren't able to make that, that switch or that transition. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Okay. We have to commend those parents that are doing it right. Definitely. Now, Definitely, because yeah, go ahead. No, no, finish your thought. Yeah, no, uh, no. I just just agree with you. Like you know, yeah. there are parents that you know they don't get it. You know, they they still think 
you know, I have a child, but it, it's all about me, me, me. Yeah. It, 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 that's yeah. just not the way it works. Yeah. You know, it's not the way it works. Now, how did how did um, becoming a parent for the first time impact your lifestyle choices? Like, what were some of the changes that you made that you were um, doing before? Is that previous example? That, mm-hmm. that, was, that was one direct example for me, you know, driving around with no license. You know? Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> that's that's one, yeah. one thing I can take, you know, yeah. it's like a no-no when you have children. But um, aside from that, <clears throat> just um, being better with finances, you know? Um, you get paid. When you're younger, you want to, you know, show out, you know, buy shoes every week, buy clothes every week. Right. When you have a child that that kind of goes out the window unless you're you're you know unless you got it like that and i never had it like that so it's like i had to uh pay attention to where i'm spending my money making sure that you know i have what i need for for you know my child have you know it, yeah. it just it, it, it prepares you a lot more you gotta yeah. sit down and actually think you know what am i doing what am i doing with my money what's my next five years gonna look at like and we all heard these these questions in school and it it felt like it was like, oh, that's, that's whatever. I'm not worried about the next 10 years. Yeah. But when you have a child, you you should think about that. Yeah. What What is my next step for the next year, next six months, next three months? Yeah. Next two, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. your mindset should change. And, and that definitely happened with me. Uh, having a child early, I, I you know, it's like, what am I going to do for the next five, 10 years? Yeah. What am I going to, what, what does my life look like? Yeah. What am I going to teach my child? And that's that's the other part, right? Like you're instantly the minute you become a parent, you're a model for that individual now. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, right? Like you're you're modeling everything you think they need to learn in this world. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I remember having a conversation with another parent and they're saying, you know what, your child up until a certain age, they look at you like you're you're their superhero. Yep. And that's the truth. Yep. That's the truth. You know, you're their superhero. Yeah. Yeah. Whether you signed up for it or not, you are. Yeah. yeah. Where do you where do you draw your inspiration from uh, to do what you do every day? Oh, awesome question. Awesome question. Um Wow. Where do I draw my inspiration from? Because it's not easy. Like you, I mean you you have to get up and make it happen, right? Like if, if it doesn't happen, yeah. you don't eat. If it doesn't happen, you don't have a roof. If it doesn't happen, yeah. nothing happens. So like, where is that inspiration from? And I ask that question because I don't think we give ourselves enough time sometimes in our days to reflect or even just just be calm and be in still stillness, right? And yeah. meditation is critical because it gives you an opportunity to kind of go inside. Like, that's how we open our conversation today mm-hmm. is looking mm-hmm. inside. And we don't do that often. So that's why I'm asking that, because where do you draw that from to say, you know what, I have to keep going and I'm going to, I'm going to put a little bit more pressure on you and say, don't include the kids. Where mm. do you draw inspiration from? If it's not mm. the kids, we know that's an obvious one, but yeah, gotcha, if you, if you gotcha. take them out, where are you going to draw that from? Um, that's an awesome question. And, um, meditation is, is one thing I've learned I've, over the years. I've learned that that's kind of where I draw source from meditation. But even deeper than that, I would say my mom. Mm. I would say for me, witnessing or even subconsciously knowing and witnessing my mom go through her struggle mm-hmm. and 
go through, you know, working you know, like for three for thirty years. My mom worked three to four jobs. She is and always will be my biggest inspiration. I think I owe all my accomplishments, all my hard work to her first and then myself. Mm-hmm. And I can only say like me witnessing her work so hard yeah. has has just been, it, it, it's been in me. It's something that I draw from. And you're right. You know, this entrepreneurial thing, you know, if you, if you don't get out there and, 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 and do what you have to do, it's not going to come to you. Yeah. Money's not going to come to your table. You know, like the, all those things you said to intro this question are, are just 100% correct. Yeah. And um, there has been times where it's like, do I really want to do this? Right. Am I going to make it work? You know, and, and, and doing it alone makes it even harder. I mean, yes, I do have my partner with me, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like, I'm the, the steer of it. Yeah. And um, at times, you know, not everybody sees your vision. Yeah. Not everybody sees where you want to go with it. And those are lonely times. And that's one thing that I've realized, like this entrepreneurial thing. I know I preach it and I wish everybody could do it, but it's, it's one, it's not for everybody. Yeah. And two, it's very lonely. Yeah. And it's not everybody understands exactly what you're going, yeah. where you're going with it. Yeah. So, the, um, yeah. The, the, the other part with entrepreneurship that's hard is, People don't know the grind. They only know what they see when it's posted mm. or shared, right? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you're preaching to the choir. <laughs> you're preaching to the choir, man. Like, man. That is one of my biggest things. That's one of my biggest things because you're right. Nobody sees the hours behind the scenes. Nope. Nobody sees the blood, sweat, and tears, the times that you're like, yo, I want to give up. Yo, am I really doing this right? Mm -hmm. Nobody sees that. All they see is the end result. And for me, people are always asking, you know, I had two really successful contracts out in New Brunswick, and now I'm back here in Ontario trying to to do the same thing. And, you know, I want to garner some help, have, you know, some some like people help me out. But I've had situations where it's like, People call me and they're like, oh, did you get the million dollar contract yet? Or did you get that big contract yet? That's and sarcasm, man. It, I hate that shit. Yeah. And it's like, to me, it's like, well, no, I didn't get it yet. But if I do get it, do you think I need you now? Right. Like, I, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, right. I don't need you when I have my million dollar contract. Right. Why do I need you? Yeah. If yeah. you're not willing to come in and lay brick by brick and help me out. Right. Then, you know, thank you, but no thank you. Kind yeah. of thing, right? Yeah. They just want to know when the party is. Yeah, <laughs> they, they don't want to set the party place up. Like they don't want to set it up. They just don't know what is happening. <laughs> it's so true. They just want to know when the party is. Like, that's a perfect way of putting it. That's a perfect. Yeah, they just way want to know what it, it is. Oh, is, are you having a barbecue today? Yeah. Okay, I'm there. Right. You're not pitching in. You're not doing nothing. You're not bringing the, you know the drinks. Nothing. I'm just gonna show up. <laughs> and and then oh, complain when there's, there's there's a shortage in the food. Right, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I couldn't say anything better myself, man. They just want to know when the party is. That's it. That's a hundred percent accurate. Man. That's it, man. Wow. Now, as a as a father, we have our yeah. our pitfalls, our moments where we're we're not doing what we would like to be doing, right, in that role. Yeah. But I want you to spend more time or shed some light on where you think you thrive as a father. Um. Like the things that you're doing well that that you can say about yourself, not what your partner says, not what your partner thinks. I want you to speak from what you think you're doing well, regardless of what they think. 
because that's important. And I, I, the reason why I'm framing it that way is because it's easy for us to use what other people have told us we're not good at. Because mm. that's how we hear that more than, than what we're actually good at. Mm. Right? So that's mm. why I'm framing it Very that way true. because this is coming from you and regardless if they agree with it or not, it doesn't matter. And I think that's important. Yeah, no, yeah, that, that, that's a great question. Great. Formed well too. Um, I believe for myself, you know, I'm, and, I, and I've been told this by my kids so I can, I can share it as well. My approach is I'm more calm. Mm-hmm. I'm more level-headed and I try to use a logical approach with my children, yeah. um, even the youngest. Um, I try to refrain from yelling unless it's it's really necessary. Um, I rather talk in a calm voice in a calm tone mm-hmm. first and foremost. I'd like to ask them questions on if they did something wrong, like why did you do that? You know, just to get where they're coming from, mm-hmm. and then I can correct it. So I, I believe patience. Like I, I'm, and I've been told this a lot by many people, even my peers. You know, I'm very patient. And I've learned, you know, a patient man is a virtuous man. So I've, I've learned to work on my patience with my children. Yes. And I believe that's one of my core strengths in dealing with them. Yeah. Is because uh, kids will try you. Oh, they yeah. try you on the different levels every yeah. day. Yeah. And if you're not patient, you know, they'll, they'll get you. Yep. And uh, they'll just keep pushing those buttons yep. if they so choose to, right? So yeah. I think it. patience for me is one of my strong suits. And uh, just dealing with them on a, you know, on a level, level-headed basis instead yeah. of yelling and screaming. And you know, after a while, they get tone deaf. Yes. I'm glad you said that. Tone deaf. Because, yeah. because that's a true thing. Like, it's yeah. a real thing. If, if people don't realize this, if you're listening, folks, just be aware of that. Because that's what it is. Kids will yeah. keep pushing the boundaries, pushing the boundaries to see where you crack. And when you crack, they say, yes, that's my opening. Exactly, exactly. Right? Exactly. And until you plug that crack, they're going to keep using it. And when you plug it, they're going to find a new one. They're going to find exactly. another one. And they just keep yeah. searching. And, and it's they not... keep searching. Yeah, it's not a fault of their own. They're just trying to find out where is my space in this world. Exactly. They're just trying to figure it out. They're going to yeah. figure out what they can get away with, what they can't get away with. Right. What they can do, who's watching. You know, it's, it's, it's all of those things. It's nothing out of malice. It's, they're just being... They're young explorers and right. they just want to know exactly. They're just exploring. And I think yeah. I think that the you know, the average person doesn't recognize the power in and the quiet individuals that's patient and, and listens more than mm. you know, because it, we all know the loudest person isn't the most intelligent person in the room. Very true. Yep, very true. Right. So and it's funny because they do pay attention to how you conduct yourself in situations. Right. If yeah. my if my other half is the loud one and trying to, you know, demand attention, I can yeah. walk in a room in a calm tone and ask one simple question, like, what's happening here? Why are we not listening? And everything yeah. changes. I'm not yelling. Yeah. My tone is much lower than the other person yelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but true. I get the results and they get upset sometimes. But and I always believe that it's the approach. Right. Yeah. And and now it's about establishing boundaries as far as respect and authority and 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 now authority can come in different shapes. We understand that. Right? Yeah. But if I come in, I'm not rattled, I'm not expressing anything on my face that says I'm angry, 
which puts you in an uncomfortable situation because you don't know what I'm really thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> very true. Now you gotta, you gotta be careful true. how you tread because you can't read yeah. me. Yeah, very true. Right? Very, and, very true. And then you get your results and you walk away. Like with my son, yeah. he's three, but he will push you to the end if you, if you let him. If you let him. Yes, exactly. And that, right? that's key, what you said, if you let him. Right? And he's three. Right. And the, the language, to your point that you said earlier, you speak to them in a logical tone in a way that they understand. And, and you don't be, you know, you don't minimize how you speak to them. I approach yeah. him. And when he's in a, in a situation where he wants to negotiate and I know it's non-negotiable, that's the first thing I tell him. By the way, Miles, yeah. listen, um, this situation is non-negotiable. Yeah. There's no getting out of this. Right. There's no and, talking and your way around it. Like, he's three. He's three, but he understands <laughs> what that means. Yeah, yeah. Right. Because That's he true. asked yeah. me, he asked me the first time I used it towards him, you know, uh, you know, non-negotiable. He says, what does that mean? I said, that means you and I are not going to discuss. We're not going to go back and forth. Your opinion yeah. in this situation does not hold any weight. It doesn't matter. Yeah. The decision has been made. Now it's up to you to yeah. decide whether you go with that decision or you go against it. And then, you you know, you, you deal with the consequences that come with that. Then he's like, what's consequences? I said, that's the trouble you get for not doing what I need you to do right now. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that message. I love that message. Here's the answer. Here's the reason for your answer. And right? now you make your choice. That's it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I, I, do, I, I do leave it with him at that point. And I say, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Then he decides. Because I only gave him two options, right? Either you're doing exactly. what you're doing to, to see the consequences, or you do what I need you to do. And there's no consequences, right? That's in exactly. a negative way towards you. And so he picks Okay, I'll follow. I said, okay, let's do it. And he's yeah. fine with that. But imagine if I treated him like what most of us think three-year-olds are, incapable of understanding and, and, and processing that type of you know language. No, don't speak to them like no. they're kids. They exactly. understand, right? So, yeah, keep, keep doing that. I think that's very powerful. Yeah, I appreciate that. Now, do you believe in second chances? What do you mean by that? Um, if somebody makes a mistake, it could be when they were younger, it could be when they're an adult, but they made a mistake and they made a switch. Should, you know, should other people give them another chance to try again? So early, for example, earlier you mentioned, but that, you know, you're a criminal record that, you know, follows you. Yeah. Should somebody give you another chance now because, and, and overlook that because that was your past because you're a different person today. Um, yeah, I right. believe though. In addition to that, yes. that person has to make corrective steps. It's not just, oh, I made a mistake. Give me a second chance. Thank I you. believe, you know, you, 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 you made a mistake. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Everybody's mistake. Everybody makes mistakes. We're all human. Yeah. But are you doing the work to correct your mistake? Are you doing your work to make sure that you don't make the same mistake? Mm-hmm. Are you doing, you know, the work to, to find out even why you made that mistake? Right. Because that's all that's all relative to if you're going to make the same mistake again, screw up your second chance, right? Like Mm. nobody wants to screw up. You shouldn't want to screw up your second chance. So if you're, if you're lucky enough and great and and, uh, blessed enough to even get a second chance, then yeah, you should definitely take the necessary steps to make sure that it never happens again. Mm. So, so I, I like that because what you're saying to me is, or what I'm hearing is, you have to prove that you're worthy of that second chance. Definitely. Oh, yeah. definitely. It, it, it doesn't just, it's a privilege to have a second chance, right? Just like driving. 
Mm. I never really understood when I was younger the driving is a privilege. Yes. But it really is. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so yes. you think about it, your license could be taken away. And if you don't have money, A, or if you screwed up really bad, they don't have to give you your license back. Right. right. And you have to prove by either A, paying or doing some kind of course or whatever you got to do to get your license back. Yeah. So it's kind of the same way. You got to prove that you need that second chance. Yeah. And you're not going to screw it up again. Yeah. Yeah. Man. So you, you just brought something to mind as you're finishing that statement there. And I'm thinking back. I'm going to ask you this, though. It's not even on my list of, you know, things that I'm, I'm interested to ask you. But yeah, when was the last time you had a conversation like this with one of your peers? Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I wish we had more. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. I right? think that these conversations are needed. Right. Um, yeah. It has nothing I, to do I, with I sports, nothing to do with politics. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, wish we had more of these. And the last time a topic even close to something like this came up, we were talking, you know, it was me, Devin, two mm-hmm. other guys. Yeah. And, um, forgot we went to somebody's house had you know mm-hmm. party or whatever the case is and the topic of the night or the topic of the night was just reflecting on the past yes and i don't mind i don't mind reflecting on the past mm-hmm. and that's fine but the, the the meat and potatoes that we're getting to tonight and the topics that we're touching on tonight i wish yeah. that at our functions we can touch on more of this fatherhood yeah. being a parent yeah you know just missing certain friends just, yeah. uh things that led us to make certain decisions in our lives. But yeah. these are important. You know, yeah. these are important. Yeah. And uh, I, I thank you. I can't thank you enough for, for doing what you're doing and, uh, you know, sharing sharing the, your platform with me and, and having me tell my story and ask me certain questions. Because it, it, it's needed. I don't know who's listening. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's healthy conversation and it's definitely needed. And um, I believe there's a lot of trauma that we went through. Yes. Whether we want to realize it, whether... Maybe some of us didn't see what others seen, mm-hmm. but the ones that did, yeah. there's trauma. And I know it's, it's not spoken about a lot of, uh, enough in our community. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's, it just hit me as you were just finishing that last thought. And I was just like, wow, imagine if we were, we did have those conversations. Yeah. It would be so no, different, true. man. It would be like, I, <laughs> and it's sad because we just didn't have the capacity. I think that's what it was. Like, our circles didn't have the capacity to and the maturity level to say, we're going to have these conversations and stay on topic without drifting to the yeah. past. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, and, and a part of my reasoning um, for not attending a lot of the events where, you know, we all kind of get together is because I don't want to go back to the past and stay there for three, mm. for three hours of an evening. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah. it doesn't help any one of us. No, we, we actually no. regress when we leave because you say to yourself, well, I came, I enjoyed seeing you, but what did I gain? What did I walk away with? Exactly. We didn't even get exactly. to talk about your business and how you're doing and how we can support it. We didn't talk exactly. about how this person's doing and, and what they're dealing with and how we can help them. We didn't discuss exactly. any of those things yeah. that are of relevance. We just went back to yeah. Where, yeah. where we didn't have any worries and we stayed there. Exactly. exactly. And so it's so, it, it, oh man, you just touched the nail when you said that last thing because 
it's funny. I, I'm not going to call any names, but I remember on one of these parties, somebody said that. Um, when we were younger, that was the best time of my life. And, you know, I, I, I understand where that person was coming from. Yeah. They were in moments. Yes. You know, yeah. we were um, carefree. Nobody had bills. Yes. Nobody had, you know, so we can, we didn't have to earn our fun. I like right. to put it that way. Because yes. now as an adult, you have to earn your fun. Yes. And I, and I, what I mean by that is if you have children, you have a wife, those things come first. Mm-hmm. Your fun comes second. Mm-hmm. Now, if you can't, if you're not meet, meet, meeting the mark with your family life, you're how like, dare you? Yeah, try, try to have to, fun. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? Like, you know I mean? like, that's just how I feel. How dare you? Right? <laughs> try, to, try to have fun if those, those things are not met. So yeah. I yeah. think that's where those things come in because you go to these parties and these functions and they're like, oh, yeah, when we were 16, we did this, we did that, we did this. And now we're 40s, 42, and it's like, oh, I, I got to pay this, I got to yeah. pay this. and you know what I mean? So yeah. it's funny that you say that. And, and it's so true, man. Like I want to speak about investments. I want to speak about business. I right. want to speak about, you know, fatherhood. I want to speak about the challenges that we have. You no, know? now, you see what I'm saying? Moving <laughs> forward. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I want to speak about those things. You know, the past is great. The past is with the past. You know, and we can touch on it, spend, you know, 15, 20 minutes, an hour on it, but I don't want the whole night yeah. to be reflected on the past. Right, you know, there's so much life to live. Yeah, and, and you know, and and the other part you mentioned earlier, which was you know the fact that there's a lot. We actually have a lot of wealth, right? Oh, if yeah. you think about it, the golden era is what you called it, right? And it's true. Yeah. That era with us, I think we have the most, the highest success rate. If you really look at it, the timeline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most of our peers were able to, you know, um, stay out of the prison system. Right. Most of mm-hmm. us were also able to actually establish a family and and work a job that takes care of that family. Yes. Yeah. Now, picture this. We come together in one of those evenings and you say, this is my business. This is what I'm doing. And I say, this is the investments that I'm offering. And this person mm-hmm. says, this is what I'm doing. What do you mm-hmm. think we can actually do when we put those resources together and say, you know, exactly. what? let's oh, form a collective. Yeah, exactly. Why aren't we talking about that? Because you're making 80 grand a year. You're doing 90 grand a year. You're doing whatever you're doing. Right. And we're yeah. making good money. We're saving money. Yeah. Right. Some of us are saying we want to buy a home. We want to buy this. We want to buy this. Well, what if your friend that you've known for how many years is able to help you get that? Exactly. Oh, man. But you didn't open yourself up to have a conversation because you only looked at him as the person that you played ball with. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the saddest part because to this day, I know people that we grew up with that out approach and say, hey, I'm doing this. I've been doing this for the last five, six years, and this is what it's allowed me to do. If you're interested, let me know. I'll share the information with you. And they say, yeah. oh, but you still play ball. <laughs> I just told you. Like, like, <laughs> I just told what you what I'm doing. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Right. Wow. Oh, do you, do you watch? Do you watch the the NBA? Do you watch college ball? And I said, listen, ball has been out of my life for the longest time. It's yeah. not. It's not what I am. It was a exactly. part of who I was. It was a part of exactly. Exact. It's not what I am. I played it. It wasn't even my dream. 
to play no, ball. No. I people don't know this, but I played ball because Joe needed somebody to play with. Wow, I didn't know that. I wasn't interested in ball. So, wow, look at that. Right? So, well, I'll, I'll give that. you a bit of a backstory. So, okay, so living in jungle, I moved to Amaranth and I meet Shane. I don't know if you remember Shane Smith. Yeah. yeah. Right? So, him and I were close and he played ball. So, we're going to Ledbury at this point. And, you know, so he's trying to, he was the nicest player, like one of the nicest players in that school. Yeah. But yeah, sure he, was, nice. he was a rebel. Like, he didn't follow rules and he kind of did his own thing, right? Which yeah, is what yeah. I really liked about him because he spoke his mind. And at such a young age, you knew what what was, you know, what he could do and what he couldn't do. Yeah. So we went to the tryout and that's because I said, yo, you're nice. You should go. I don't play ball at this time. I play soccer. Mm. So I said, yeah, listen, I if you, that. if you, I'll go with you. Like, I'll, I'll, and I pushed him. Let's go to the tryout. We get to the tryout. We're like a minute or two late. And the, 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 the coach closes the door as we're going. He closes the door. Mm. We knock on the door and he opens the door. And this, this is, you know, the time where your janitor is your, your coach. Like that kind of BS, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. right? And then he's trying to, you know, act like he's coach, uh, what do you call it? Coach uh, Carter, right? He says, yeah, no, yeah, you guys yeah. are a minute late. You can't come in. I'm like, this is the first time we're having a team. What are you talking about? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. let us try it, Right. And that door closed on him, not me, because it wasn't my thing. Mm-hmm. You believe he didn't, wow. he didn't, after that, he was not, no longer interested in sports. Like you shattered his dream. Wow. I didn't know that, man. And I was really close with Shane at one point too. Wow. I didn't know that. Right. You shattered his dream wow. and you went left. And that was it. Wow. Right. And so from that experience, I said, okay, you know what? This is grade eight. So I'm like, okay. Because he didn't get it, I want to play ball. Mm. And so I played ball with him that summer just because I didn't want his spirits to be done. So we're playing, and I'm, I'm like horrible because I don't play basketball. Then Joe's starting to get into basketball. Then he's like, okay, I need somebody to practice on. So then I got tired mm. of getting beat up by him. So I'm like, okay, well, I might as well take this thing seriously because I hate losing now. <laughs> and that was that, that was it. So then we went to the courts and every night until like 10 30 p.m. we're practicing. Look at that. There's that's no lights. Story, man. That yeah, summer yeah, yeah. is when that's where I, I come in contact with you for midgets. Like we start playing yeah. because you went to you know Lawrence Heights. Yeah. So yeah. I, I didn't get to spend time with you guys because Joe's like, nah, these are my friends, don't come around, right? So- <laughs> 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 right like and, oh man and that summer i was like you know what i want to make a team just because shane didn't make it i want to make a team that was my goal wow wow i didn't know that Dean. that's crazy so i i busted my butt like in that one summer just so i can make midgets with you guys yeah yeah and wow. when i made that team it wasn't about whether i started or not i'm like i'm on a team on the team, yeah, and you play, you played great, man. Like, what do you mean? Like, that's crazy. One summer, one you know summer, kind of that is right. Wow. So it, it, it's just that's just what it is, and so people think, oh, this is my thing. No, no, right. You fast forward I to think- Bathurst now, and and you know we're playing juniors, or whatever, and Mado, Liberty, and them come in in the picture. So now yeah. it's like me and Liberty kind of competing. I think you had moved on at that point. Yeah. And so, with the Fleming. yeah. And so, 
now he's comparing us. Like he's pairing us up against each other type of thing. I'm like, yeah, this is not really my dream, but it's his. It's Liberty's. So I'm like, mm. cool. And it gets to the point where at this point we're 17, um, no, 16. And there's an Eastern Invitational. And, you know, he supports Liberty to go to the camp. And I said, but mm. I want to go. But no one mentioned it to me. So I said, okay, did my research, found out where it was. The, the next week was going to be at uh, Syracuse. So I'm like, okay, I've never been out of the country. I worked and saved money to pay for that camp. Got, wow. on, got on a Greyhound and went to Syracuse solo. Really? I didn't know that, bro. Solo. Holy. Came back. Wow. Came back the next season. I'm a little bit better. I got more confidence and I, you know, developed some skills there. And it was the same year that um, Marbury has just finished his first year and he's, he's going, he's leaving Georgia Tech and whatnot. So he's going right to the league. And so he yeah. came to the camp actually that week when I was there. And I was like, dope. I got to, you know, see wow. him and, and whatnot because he's acting like a, one of the coaches, giving us some tips and drills. So that was my first exposure to leaving the country. And I come back. And then they find out that I went to the camp. Mm. The envy. The envy. Wow. It's like, how did you do it? I'm like, I paid for it. What do you mean you paid for it? I paid for the trip. I bought my ticket. I paid for the camp. And I paid for my stay. Look at that. Right? Went for that week, came back. It was the best thing. Look at that. And, and the envy. Like, why the envy? I don't understand that. I mean, I get it. But why the envy? Right. You know, right. you paid for it. You jumped on the bus. You did it. <laughs> Nobody you know? helped you. You know what I mean? You did that. And the crazy. That should be inspirational. Not right. Empty. The crazy part about that story, Jay, is what really sparked me to say I'm going to go and do this mm. was our 19-year-old friend, Nikki Bishop. Mm. Wow. Oh, that just touched my heart, brother. Wow. I didn't know that. I just wow. remembered... Just do it because I also remembered he was a DJ because he wanted to be. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He got a car because he wanted it. Mm-hmm. Wow. He spent money on what he wanted because he wanted it. Yeah. He went to a party because he wanted to be there. Nobody would stop him. Yeah. So true. Right? And so that moment was wow. for me, it was like, you know what? Let me just do it because why not? Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and, and that's just, those are the moments. Those are the moments. Wow, that was powerful, bro. I didn't know that, man. I, I'm glad you shared that with me, but I'm definitely glad you you, you did that. You, you know what I mean? Like, I'm glad you followed whatever you've seen in Nikki and, and you did what you had to do. Look, look what came out of it, you know? Right. Like, it's amazing. It's amazing these things that that lead you to do something that you, you're, you're out of your comfort zone. That's it. You know, it, it's amazing. Right. And it, it, wow. the, the other part of it was just, why can't I do it? Like, why can't I get that opportunity? Right. Exactly. And, and often you're looking and, you know, th these were the times where you have to create VHS tapes and send it out and, and this and that. And even that costs money because you got to you got to mail this tape. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to edit it and then mail it to them for them to even see it. How many schools you're going to send it to and and whatnot. And so I realized that year the question came to me, um, you know, by my coach do I want to pursue art or basketball? That was the ultimatum that was given to me. Mm. And I said, art. And mm. from then, my minutes get cut. Wow. I no longer start. And I said, 
Wow. Wait a minute. Because I gave you my option that this is not my dream. Yeah. You're going to limit wow. my opportunities. That's crazy. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Right. And then the next year, Clarkie decided to take over. I had to like literally beg him to be our coach because he didn't want to coach us anymore. So then I brought Clarkie in. That was my best year ever. Mm. Why? Because he had no favorites. And he said, when you show up to practice, you'll get to play. If you don't show up to practice, you will not play. And he stood by yeah. that. Yeah. And some guys who thought they were, you know, the, the starting fives didn't do it. And, you know, they hated him because they were like, I'm the man. Like, why shouldn't I start? And they thought because, you know, the bench wasn't as strong, they would start yeah. anyway. Right. But the way he, you know, lifted us up, even the bench, we showed up and we played. And we won. Like a semifinals game. Just picture this. I'm the only starter. And the other four players are are either my height or shorter. Right? And I'm not wow. tall. And yeah. it was only five, maybe six guys. We had one sub. The rest <sighs> of the starters, they, he kept them in, in, in street clothes and made them sit on the bench and watch the game. Wow. Really? Didn't play them. Wow. <laughs> But we won. That's that Bathurst Bear spirit. Man. Right? That's that, yeah, that's that Bathurst Bear spirit. Man. That's one thing I loved about that school and I loved about the basketball program. And I remember Mado telling us uh, maybe some somewhere, I don't know if it was junior year or midget year, mm-hmm. but we're doing the beat test. Yes. And I think three weeks we didn't touch a basketball and yeah. we're all complaining like, yo, like, why, 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 we're a basketball yeah. team. Why aren't we touching a basketball? Yeah. And he said, you know what? <laughs> Um, no one's going to outwork you guys. Maybe they'll be better than you guys, but no one's going to outwork you guys. In the yeah. fourth quarter, when there's, you know, yeah. I don't know five, six minutes left, mm-hmm. they're not going to say you're tired. Yeah. And that's one of those things that stuck out in my mind that yeah. always I carried with me. You know, nobody's yeah. going to outwork. I use that in everything that I do. Yeah. I will not be outworked. Yeah. You can yeah. be better than me. You can be more talented. Fine. But I'm going to outwork you. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Now, we're nearing the end. I appreciate you, you sticking with me. Um, I'm going into this segment here, and um, it's called Thinking Out Loud. So this is where mm-hmm. I shake things up. It's not going to be as serious. I have a silly question, and there's going to be two options you got to choose from, one to two, all right? Okay. So would you rather <laughs> get diarrhea on vacation or the day of a big presentation for a big contract? <laughs> uh definitely on a vacation <laughs> i'd rather vacation than that yeah yeah i keep coming getting diarrhea on a vacation <laughs> yeah 100%. not on the contract day huh not on the contract no. <laughs> yeah it's just a, a small segment i throw in there just to kind of shake the conversation up a bit yeah yeah um now, I want to talk a little bit about your business because I want people to understand what you're doing and um, when it got started and so forth. So um, what is it called and what are some of the services that you provide? Okay, so my business is <clears throat> FAJ Property Management, Inc., mm-hmm. um, also also known as um, SAJ or Contracting. Mm-hmm. Right now, we do commercial interior and exterior painting. Um, 
the aspirations for the company is to be a full service property management company where we do leasing for tenants. We do uh, tenant screening, snow removal, uh, landscaping. That's the aspirations. Right now I'm on my fourth course to get to be a certified property manager. Manager. So I'm looking to own and manage a building is the, 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 the vision I have for my company. Um, right now we're just, we're doing the painting because painting is, you know, it's a lucrative business, mm. but it's also a good foot into the commercial world. Right. And, um, I'm really attacking the commercial world because, um, there's success in it. There's money in it. And there's, there's definitely success. Mm. Um, I've had past success. Like I said, the contracts I've had in, um, New Brunswick, mm. uh, I was painting two nursing homes, wow. um, condo building. And a couple of custom homes. Mm. The company was established in uh, January 2019. It's been federally incorporated. Nice. However, um, I can tell you that my first re- business registration was in Toronto in about 2008. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So I carried over. <laughs> yep. As you imagine, you know, like I went out east. Started a business there, and I'm back here with my 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 company. So it's taken me a number of years to get to where I want to be, and I'm still not exactly where I want to be. But the path is, is being shown. The journey. I'm now. I'm seeing the clearer skies in the journey that I'm taking. So I'm very excited and very very pumped. Future. No. No. Opportunities that are that are coming my way. Um, I believe the company is really positioned well. We're, we're union affiliated, painters union affiliated, um, core certified, which is of uh, health and safety, advanced health and safety. Mm. And um, yeah, I'm really excited about the future for this company. Oh, now, have you have you been able to establish like a website and that people can kind of learn more about or anything of that nature? Are you on social media that we can follow and learn more about it or not yet? Um, we do have a website. It's under construction currently. Mm-hmm. Um, we are on Facebook, saj at facebook.com. Okay. Um, you can see a few pictures and work there. Mm-hmm. Our website is active, but it's under construction. Uh, stay tuned. We will have more things there. That's www.sajproperty.com. Awesome. Um, yeah, so that's... Oh, and we do have Instagram. I don't remember the Instagram title, but I'm sure through Facebook you can find it. Yeah, perfect. And I'll, I'll look for it, and then I'll make sure I put it in the description as well. Um, I'm glad I'm glad you shared the 2008 to 20, you know, 18, because again, 10 years of doing, you know, being an entrepreneur, and before yeah. that, right, before that as well. Yeah. So this is what, a, you know, we were, we were talking about earlier about what goes in behind closed doors that people don't know. Exactly. Right. Exactly. You didn't, you didn't start off just doing, you know, property management and setting this up and painting. You were doing a whole bunch of different things prior to that in the same yes. industry almost. Right. Yes. 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 <laughs> you know, so the legwork that you, the foundation exactly. you've laid is what's brought you to where you are. And I'm glad to hear that you have, you know, clearer skies ahead because that tells me that this is definitely something that's going where it needs to go. Um, so anybody listening, if you do need those services um, and, you know, and you have commercial property or even private properties, I'm sure they'll provide services for that um, if needed. If the contract is right, it is a business. So don't call for any favors, please. I, I'm, I'm stressing that. 
right? It's a business here. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, what are you most excited about at this stage in your journey? Not just the business, but in your journey as a person, as a father, and as a businessman. Um, awesome question. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about life, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just excited, you know, older now, I'm going to be 43 in two months. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited about, I'm excited about seeing my kids get to the next level. I'm excited about me getting to the next level. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about, I don't want to say enjoying life. Like I haven't enjoyed life previously because mm-hmm. I have, yeah. but I think now it, it means a bit more. Yeah. Now at this stage of my life, it means a bit more, you know, yeah. like I know, you know, you said not, to, not, not just about business, but business is a huge part because it gives me that. I like, in, I, I like in owning a business to just word ownership alone. Yeah. That, that word ownership means so much to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, owning your home, owning a car, owning your first pair of shoes, mm-hmm. that feeling of ownership is the same thing that, that I feel with my business yeah. and it just, it makes me feel good. It's yeah. a, f- a feel good feeling. And yeah. I, f- I feel stronger. Mm-hmm. I feel a lot stronger with yeah. what I'm doing and I'm a lot more confident in what I'm doing. And yeah. I'm excited about that. I'm excited for the opportunities to, you know, come, come, I'm, I'm welcoming all the opportunities. That's it. And, um, you know, even with the organization that I joined, ACA, I'm also a part of uh, CFIB. Mm. I'm just excited to uh, try to take ACA, which is brand new, to a, to a different level if I can help it. What is what is ACA about? Just just for those and for myself who don't know what ACA oh. is all about. Oh. Okay, so ACA, Afro Canadian, um, Afro Canadian Construction Association, was started officially last year, February. Um, in response to a lot of the nooses that were found hanging on construction sites wow. um, in, Tor- in Toronto. Wow. So it's a black organization that's, you know, represented by black contractors and we're making a stance trying to say, listen, like, enough is enough. There are black contractors with black businesses and we're just looking to do good work and we don't need the racial treatment mm-hmm. on, on job sites. Right. And just before I continue with ACA, I have a one little side note mm-hmm. that something happened to me while I was working. It's a bit, bit long, but I'll shorten it. No, no, do it. Um, while I was working this previous summer in uh, Kingston, Ontario, one of my, one of my workers, who was a union member, actually made a, a a derogatory comment while three black gentlemen, myself included, were working. Wow. Um, said a, a statement that I won't repeat, but he mm-hmm. said a statement and yeah. it was just appalling to hear that a white worker who I'm paying is going to decide that he, he feels comfortable enough to make this statement in front of three black gentlemen. Wow. And um, it just goes back to, to why ACA is so important, Yeah, I believe, to make yeah. this stance because of things like this, and especially in the construction industry where there's black workers, but you don't see a lot of black business owners. Right. And the issue with the gentleman is, I don't think he really, one, believed that I owned the company, yeah. and two, that he was working for a black owner. Right.
get it in his mind. And yeah. that kind of malfunctioned and the gentleman ended up seeing something derogatory. And it just, it just, it just reinforced to me why this ACA is so necessary. Wow. And maybe other organizations that want to follow suit in other industries. Yeah. Necessary. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's still happening. Still happening. It's, it's still happening. Yep. <laughs> still happening. <laughs> yeah. Man. Crazy. Man. We, we've come a long way, yet we've only taken a step, right? Yeah. It, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know. Exactly. It's just, Man, my brother. You know, after that experience, like, and that just happened. That just happened in August of yeah. last year. Yeah. So, you know, just to tell you, like, it, 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 it took me for... It took me for, you know, just like, wow, yeah. really? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. you know, and, and, and I paid. I'm, I'm the owner of the company. Yeah. And I had to deal with something from a worker. And I just, I never, I've, I've experienced a lot, but mm-hmm. that I've never experienced. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad I kept my cool and I dealt with it professional. Yeah. But it's really, it could be really traumatic to go through something like that, yes. to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it's. It's important, though. It's important to handle those situations the way we're supposed to because, you know, every, every single time we're in those situations, the lens is magnified, right? Yeah, so, exactly. exactly. And, and, and if you don't do what is proper, what's going to happen is they're going to, you know, throw you back in the line of stereotypes and say, look. Exactly. Exactly. Look what you did. <laughs> look at an example. You know right? what I mean? Exactly. Look, right? Exactly. So, so true. Uh, yeah. Now, so true. when it's all said and done, how would you want to be remembered? How how would you want me to remember you? Mm. Mm. Uh, um, I just want to be remembered, you know, as as a as a good friend, somebody who you know believed in his dreams, mm. um, somebody who um, cared for his people in the community. Yeah. Um, I want. I. I. I, I want to help. Um, somebody who want, wanted and wants to leave a legacy yeah. and be a positive influence and um, motivator, mm. a positive motivator for the younger generation. Yeah. Um, and for others, even some of our peers who haven't found their way. Yeah. I'd like to, you know, yeah. if, if they can hear my story, watch, watch whatever, or, you know, uh, I'd like to be that bridge because I feel coming from where we come from. And yes, you know, our generation, we lucked out. Yeah. We had, we don't have as much people who fell to the prison system and, yeah. you know, yeah. but there are others that came before us and after us that are not mm. so lucky. Yeah. And um, I just like to show people that there is another way. But you have to believe in yourself. You have to really take those the naysayers and just and and kind of block them out and just keep focusing on your goal. Yeah, man. Thank you for that. And uh, before we wrap things up, can you leave our listeners with any words of encouragement that they can take with them on their journey uh, and the trials and tribulations that they're going to experience? Anything that you can leave them with. Um, I just like to pick it back up. Said, um, basically, believe, believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I, I say that's the number one thing. You have to believe in yourself. Yeah. 
Um, nothing, nothing is going to come outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, meditation is important, as, as you mentioned. Yeah. Um, mental health is important. Checking with your mental wellness is important. Yes. You can't do great things if your mind is not in a great place and your mindset is not in a great place. Yeah. Um, yeah, you just you you gotta you gotta check check your mental wellness, your mental health, your physical health, and you gotta keep plugging away. Even when you hear those no's, even when you feel like oh this is not worth it, if you truly believe in it, keep yeah. going. Yeah. Um, one thing my mother did say before she left, I was complaining about. There's one job that one of my first jobs I started when I got back in Ontario. And um, it didn't go as I planned. Mm-hmm. I had some friends that I thought would help me out mm-hmm. and they didn't show up for me. Mm-hmm. And I was complaining to my mother about that, saying, oh, mom, you know, can you imagine, you know, X, Y, Z didn't show up for me. And mm-hmm. one funny thing is, you know, she she's sick, but she offered her help to me. She said, do you want me to come help you paint? I said, no, mom, like, mm-hmm. this is commercial painting. I spray, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I said, no, mom, like, you know, I, I yeah. spray paint, you know. So, but one thing she told me, and I think it resonates, it will resonate with you too, because it's something that Nikki, just Nikki's accident, show you. Mm-hmm. But she said, just go. That's it. So, mom, what do you mean? She goes, just go. Don't worry about nothing. You will get it done. Yeah. Just go. Continue to just go. And that's one thing that stuck with me and it will stick with me forever. And your listeners, it's just a testament. Just just go. Whatever yes. is in your heart, whatever is in your mind, put some plan and thought towards it. But after that, just go. That's it. That's it. I love it. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you joining me on this and sharing everything that you did. By the way, I think you have an incredible story and you should definitely have it in a memoir um, that people will eat up. I think something for you to consider. I'm just planting the seed. I'm putting it out there in the universe. I think I appreciate that brother. I love that. I appreciate that. You know, cause it, it needs to be told. And I think a lot more people need to hear it and a lot of people can relate to it. Um, and I think that's why it will be a successful book. So something to consider. Um, I mean, there's so many more chapters to be written, right? But yeah, definitely. You know, so I want you to keep that in the back of your mind. And for the listeners, I want to thank you guys for tuning in every week and supporting the show. Download it, share it with family members and everybody else that you think would benefit, which I think is everyone. Um, the stories are, you know, the guests to be shared. And, you know, Jason just joined me and shared some powerful moments, um, some vulnerable moments. I want to take this opportunity to tell you, Jay, that I love you and I appreciate and respect you for everything that you continue to do, not just for yourself and your family, but for those of us who are an extension of you from afar and continue to do what you're doing, you You know? I love you right back, brother. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity and I appreciate you lending me the time to to share my story. Yes. I I love it. Thank you. So until next episode, love, peace, and nappiness. Mm -hmm.